Welcome everybody to the Built Different Podcast and we're here for the very first episode of what we're going to call Gold Rush. We're going to come with a lot of football, you know, insight, analytics, you know, bullshit. We're, we're, we're going to come with a lot of football. Um, we're going to flashback you right now to the intro because we actually filmed this episode or what well, we tried to film this episode. There was a lot of technical difficulties because, you know, uh, we really don't know how to work computers here. So we're going to take you back to, you know, quick flashback. But for me, I'm obviously an Eagles fan, as you can tell by the hat. You guys are probably thinking, who the fuck is this guy? What is he doing? Why is he an Eagles fan, Nationals fan, Knicks fan? What is he doing? Why does he do this to his life? Um, but my least favorite team is the Cowboys because oh, those people are annoying. I think their fans are annoying. I'm sorry if we lost some Cowboys listen- listeners. I apologize. But my favorite player, Nick Foles. Um, you'll see me in his jersey a few times. Big Dick Nick. You, <coughs> sorry. He earned that nickname, uh, Nick Foles. My favorite player now. Um, you know, I like Devontae uh, Smith. Uh, Jalen Waddle, though. Jalen Waddle, he's fast. He's good. Very underrated. Not a lot of people talk, to, talk about him like they should. My least favorite player, though. I don't hate too many guys, but if there's one guy we had to come up with, I think it's Carson Wentz. How could I mean, not be? Like, I, I don't like how he exited Philly. He kind of made it about himself, but that man has made a glass. And as we see, as we see in Indy, as we see in Washington, that guy's, like, heart is made out of glass, too. But anyway, <laughs> my favorite moment, you know, I don't want to be cheesy and say it was the Eagles winning the Super Bowl because I think that's every Eagles fan's favorite moment. So to dig a little bit deeper, deeper, I think it's when Nick Foles proved to the world that his dick is the size of the Empire State Building or the, the bell in Philly, whatever you want to use. I'm not a Philly native. I'm a New York native. Um, well, we destroyed the Vikings. And I, wow. the way it's looking right now, we might get a nice rematch this year, maybe. Maybe the Eagles and the Vikings, are. it looks like a, a collision course. I would love to see it. As long as Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady don't wake back up. But uh, that was my favorite moment. The Eagles, they, they ran in there and they beat the living hell out of Case Keenum, who will appear on this podcast. Well, not appear on this podcast. Maybe. But, well, maybe. One, maybe one, one day. Come on in, Case. Got some he, questions for you. He, he'll appear eventually. Um, but, yeah, we destroyed them. So, Bill, tell us about yourself, man. Finally here. Nice to meet everybody. Good to put a face to my name. Uh, I've been behind the scenes a lot, but uh, happy to be in front of the camera. Even with a face for the radio, still happy to be here. Uh, so I'm born and raised, radio. <laughs> born and raised yeah. upstate New York. I'm a Troy boy through and through. Uh, I am a Dolphins fan, despite my Minshew jersey, uh, which I'll get into in a little Fire. bit here. Uh, but I've uh, been a Dolphins fan all my life. I, I don't know why you do that to yourself. But I do the same thing myself. I'm a Mets fan, a Dolphins fan. I'm kind of born for mediocrity. Oh, but uh, trying to climb out of that, I guess. Ouch. Uh, so ouch, ouch. The, the Mets have sniffed it. The Dolphins definitely sniffing it's it right now. Win Mets. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, my favorite player of all time, LaDainian Tomlinson. He's been the most exciting player I've ever watched in the NFL. Uh, right now, I'd say it's got to be Tua, just because I have been a believer. I think Flores did not do this much justice. I will say, I have been a very, very huge Tua fan since he's been in college. He's the right build to do it all. And so, after seeing the Vikings win a game like that, 
does that change the opinion that you had last week? Or, so, do you, or do you need to see still a little bit more from Minnesota? You know, it does change it. So my knock on them last week is they're only winning these games by a little bit. Yeah. But to your point, they're winning all the games by a little bit. <laughs> right. So if they can win by a little bit against the Lions or the Bills, I'm on board, right? right. It's They've been tested in these close games. And Kevin O'Connell, who's a rookie head coach, is coaching like like a veteran right now. He's he's calling the right plays when they need him to be called. He's calling the right plays. He's staying composed under pressure. It's really working right now for the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins, he's just throwing the ball where it needs to be thrown. Dalvin Cook is just running the ball where it needs to be ran. Jefferson's running the routes that need to be ran. It's just all just a smooth, well-oiled machine. Right, right. And I think Hawkinson is an absolutely underrated addition to that team. I think that's really going to open things up because they didn't have a third guy. Right. KJ Osborne, kind of. Right, right, right. Kind of. Yeah. You know, these guys are average or better well, no. Irv Smith's an average or better talent. KG Osborne is not an average talent. <laughs> but still, they yeah. they have enough talent on the field where you have to respect it right. a little. And then you can't give Justin Jefferson the attention that he needs to keep him remotely in check. Yeah, because that guy, I mean, that that's going to be, the I think, the interesting situation is when you get to the playoffs is how do you even guard that guy? Knowing yeah. that you have the respectable receiving core that the Minnesota Vikings do. Sure. And you have the respectable quarterback that's going to be able to spread the ball the way that Kirk Cousins can. Um, yeah. And yeah. something else that we talked about last week is the key to success to get deep into the playoffs. Yeah. And the wide receivers that you need. Yeah. So let's flash back real quick to last week. So if, if you look back at the Super Bowl... It's Jamar Chase gets taken down by Cooper Cup. Even back to the championship weekend, you have Jamar Chase took down Tyreek Hill. And you had Cooper Cup taking down Debo Samuel. It's just not a formula for success. The last four teams standing all had four of the best wide receivers in the league. So now that we've reviewed that, the question becomes... Not how you can stop Justin Jefferson, but how the Vikings can stop the receivers that they're going to be up against. So in the NFC this year, you're looking at very likely A.J. Brown, who with Jalen Hurts instead of Ryan Tannehill is looking like he's that guy too. Right. Then you're looking at Debo Samuel. Those are my two. With now Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Those are my two teams that I think. a little insane. Yeah. It's really, a, to me, a three-team race in the NFC right now. Yeah. I've got Eagles, I've got Niners, and I've got Vikings. Which so, is very fair. Yeah. And, and, then, and it's crazy because it's just the sneaky, like I, like I mentioned last week, it's that, that sneaky Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady's still there, just yeah. very sneakily. And with that said, I mean, it's, you can't possibly sleep on Mike Evans at this point. Yeah. So if, if the Bucks get into the playoffs healthy... Which they haven't. And they're gonna make yet. I think they're gonna make the playoffs at the very least. Oh yeah. At the very, very, very minimum. They're Division gonna make the should playoffs. be a cake yeah. block. And I think we might see the Falcons resume their tank job pretty soon. 
if the Bucks continue to pull away a little bit. Hold on yeah. to hold on to that thought because it's crazy that you bring that up because I actually have a very interesting theory that I'm going to bring up by the end of this podcast. Sounds good. We'll circle back yeah. on that piece. Yeah. Uh, so if the Bucks end up getting a couple games lead, there's no point in the Falcons trying to keep winning yeah. like they're like they're currently doing. They need yeah. to build draft capital. They need to tank properly. Right, and for the Falcons, I think you you appreciate what you saw yeah. in the first half of the season. Yeah. Like, you can't be mad that at the record that you're going to end up having. You know, you, you guys won games that you really weren't supposed to win. Yeah. Your talent really shined. You know what you have now. Take that into the offseason and try to win next year. Because that, that division is going to be winnable next year. I mean, if Tom Brady comes back next year, he's going to be a little bit worse. Yeah. I mean, or, or but I, 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 we really don't know anymore. No, we don't. Then, we, don't. <laughs> we don't know what to expect from this guy anymore. We'll see who he's married to. See if he needs to get another fresh yeah. divorce. I mean, I just, I like this version of Tom Brady. It's fun. Yeah. It's it just, he, he's just a fun guy now. Yeah. He's just a fun old man just playing football and just trying to catch and... Speaking of Tom Brady, Germany. Germany was wild. Wow. Holy Germany. That was epic. I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was not only was it perfect, it was a great game. It was. Because we was. see we see too much in, in sports like, you know, through the NBA, MLB. I don't pay attention to hockey too much, so I don't know if they do, if they play in different countries. No, not that I'm aware of. Um, but we see it too much where they, you know, they throw these, you know, special games in different countries and the games don't really live up to it. They're not yeah. really that exciting. But this game, that was a good game. Yeah. I like, thought it was a great game. Problem is they keep sending the Jaguars to London. Damn. So there's your problem. <laughs> but, you know, the the Damn. all-time classic that everyone thought was going to happen at the beginning of the season, Damn. being Tom Brady versus Geno Smith, Damn. really lived up to the hype. Right, and because, it, it, like, everyone at the beginning thought it was going to be a meme, and then, yeah. holy shit, it's actually going to be a good game. Yeah. Geno Smith actually builds... And that's why, like, when I wrote the notes for this, I was like, it's actually a great scene that was set up for a great tale. Like, the legend Tom Brady versus Geno Smith, who throughout this season builds up this great story for himself as, you know, building his career back up. Because who in their right mind thought that Geno Smith was going to revive his career? Who in their right mind? Only Pete Carroll. Right. Exactly, and that's why that man is where he is and why we're all where we are. Because he's right. the only one who would predict such a thing or believe in such a thing. Yeah. I'm not, not taking away from Geno Smith. He's talented. Obviously, that's why he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. But then, we're going we're gonna to touch on that. But, yeah, it was beautiful. The crowd, um, the matchup, the game. Um, How about the whole crowd singing what they probably thought is America's national anthem? <laughs> West Virginia, <laughs> Mountain Mama, <laughs> take me home. I and that's the thing that and it was just beautiful. The cameras panning. They all have different NFL jerseys on. Yeah. From different teams, like I'm seeing like so many different jerseys, different numbers. It's just everyone singing yeah. huge ass things of beer. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that needs to be right. brought over. That's something I want to be brought back. Yeah. Giant steins of plastic steins, but still steins <laughs> of beer oh being served at this God. game. That's incredible. That was an experience. Um, and it was what it was at like 9 a.m. Uh, well, 9 30 yard time, yeah. It was you know, I mean, it was regular time for the yeah, you know, afternoon. regular football time whenever that sure. is in Germany. It probably did. Probably 9 a.m. It wasn't 9 a.m. there. It would be like... Just, I, I could probably see them getting down for some football at 9 a.m. there. I could see it. Day. They'd probably be down for football at any time. time day, yeah, yeah, Germany. Fuck yeah. it. Why not? <laughs> um, but it was beautiful. Great idea by the NFL. Perfectly, you know, well done. 
Um, Brady versus Geno Smith. Who would have thought? And it was just great. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Geno Smith, I hope the Seahawks, Geno Smith thing carries on into the playoffs. Hey. Why Maybe not? they win a game, and it could yeah. be Tim Tebow fashion where, you know, the Seahawks win a game. And I think it's going to be tough because yeah. the 12th man plays a huge role in Seattle. Yeah. Right. I don't see them taking the Yeah, because they're, they're probably not going to have a home game right. at all. Yeah. With, with the Niners starting to get up to yeah. speed, and we're going to talk plenty of Niners today, I believe. Uh, yeah. But with the Niners getting up to speed, I don't think they have a chance at a home game. Uh, right. If they're not home, they're not taking it. I that's sad truth, but it's my truth. Yeah. So that's before fair. we get off of Germany, though, I want to ask you, where else should the NFL be? Man, it's interesting. It's a it's a very interesting topic. Um, I I think somewhere majestical, right? I I truly think sports, and I think it's time. UFC tried this a little bit. Uh, as to where I'm gonna go with this, because they they did this um this UFC beach thing, like they tried to do like they did they built an arena for yeah. COVID on a on a beach somewhere on an island. Oh, oh UFC yeah. island, UFC Battle island. island, whatever it was. Right. I want to see sports do like build some fantasy like go put an NFL field in like the tropics somewhere and like just fuck it, have a football game <laughs> even if like many fans can't go. Just film a football game there. I would love to see something like that on TV. Like, just one game. It doesn't have to be anything, like, crazy. I just... Right. I want to see something like that. I don't know why. Um, it, it just, I've always wanted to see something like Like, me, I'm extreme. Like, I've always wanted to play a video game where I can hit a home run and, like, there's, like, volcanoes and shit erupting in the background or, like, like icy mountains or, like, you know, you know, craziness going on in the background. But obviously we can't have that. So Tom wants so, an NFL game inside a volcano. That's, right. You heard it here first. Right. But obviously that that's extreme. So I, I can't yeah. say specifically that. There's but, a you know, music festival inside a volcano or something like that. It's really? These things kind of exist. Yeah, you can fit a well, music festival. You can fit, you can fit football. Yeah, you can yeah. fit football field. But, you know, realistically, like, they're, like, you know, find a way to get it, like, with a huge mountain setting in the background. Yeah. Um, Think of MLB with Field of Dreams. Like, we're like that. Stuff like that. Somewhat sarcastic here, but yeah. at the same time, this is legitimate. Just is, get creative. Like, something? just get creative and yeah. do I mean, obviously, you know, this Germany thing, like, that's like a country setting, but, you know, go majestical. Yeah. Get creative. You know, let them play on a beach. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, so, understanding if there are some serious travel restrictions and a lot of red tape barriers yeah. that we need to figure out to even have a game somewhere let alone what i'm about to get into but how about just uncapitalized markets that we can get a new team in or teams in is there anywhere you feel that we should have a team that doesn't have one i mean the way the way football set up right because first things first, like I, the way I see it is the way that the rest of the world understands football, they understand it as soccer. So it's it's a hard selling point for the rest of the world, which obviously not with Germany. That's yeah. that that kind of proved my theory London wrong already. Too, though I mean, and London is very much on board. I just I don't know. It's like it's American football. I mean, I think like obviously baseball they have a Canada team. Um, basketball they have a Canada team. They're looking mm-hmm. into possibly getting a a Mexico team. So obviously it works. I don't know. I feel like football, that's just like, it's like America's sport. Like, I feel like they got, I, 
I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel racist when I say that. I don't know why, but like, <laughs> I feel like football got to stay America. I don't. God bless. I don't know why, but you don't have to cheer for the Canadian team, man. Like, yeah, no, I know, but like, but untapped markets. I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not really sold yet. I mean, I like, I like it more as a huge event because I think it, it's special. I think it's, it's more yeah. special as that event where that, that one time thing in, in Germany, you know, cause it was Brady versus Geno Smith, the crowd, it was beautiful. Everyone was united. Yeah. I think it would kind of take away from it a little bit more if it was spread around it across the season, because then, you know, what if that team starts sucking and then you lose that that kind of fan attraction, you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera. As time goes along, will the fans still show up? Who knows? You know, maybe maybe Germany catches some random beef with America. Who, you know, we've been to war with them before. Who know? I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not saying anything. But you, there's just a whole lot that goes into that. Yeah. I would just love to just keep it as a special event because it was truly special. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Goodell wants teams yeah. there. They yeah. want... That's the end goal. Is they that want, big money. Right, yeah. of course. It's, Hell it's, yeah. it, there was a yeah. ridiculous turnout for that game. It's obviously a sold-out yeah. Munich Stadium. But there's a wait list for those tickets. There are a bunch of people that wanted to pay for it but couldn't. Right. So, by all means, there's plenty of money to capitalize on. But, logistically, is it fair not only to the teams that have to play there, to the players that have to play there? Yeah. That was a disgrace. I, I was just so tired of the Pro Bowl. We don't have time to yeah. get into how bad the Pro Bowl yeah. is today. Uh, but, but we do have time to get into how you get to roast Josh Allen. We do have... We always <laughs> have time for that. So... Thinking a little bit more about my take on Josh Allen and the hate mail that I got from it. Yeah. So uh, I really wanted to dive into a little bit more about why people think Josh Allen is as good as he is and why I don't think he is. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of come from the standpoint of, I'll make this interesting, I'll come from the standpoint of the why Josh people like Josh Allen. Let's hear it. I mean, Josh Allen, you know, you, you think of the Buffalo Bills – you know, the Buffalo Bills, it's a it's a city. We we live in New York. Yeah. The Giants, the Jets, New I Jersey. I had no Bills fans growing up, but I, yeah. I knew they existed. Right. And I it's like... I was around them. I was around Giants and Jets fans. The Buffalo Bills being the only real New York team, but then the Giants and the Jets always out really shadowing the Buffalo Bills. Yep. But then finally, you know, Josh Allen comes along. You know, he's this wild guy with a... And it will not, well, yeah, okay, I guess you can say inaccurate cannon of an arm. Yeah. Um, wild guy, um, finally starts honing in on it. Um, but then he's just miraculous out of nowhere. Um, I just, I truly think, you know, he, uh, he didn't really get beat last year. I mean, the rules are the rules. You can't hate the game. The game yeah. is what it is. The rules were there. They were in place. I truly think that the Bills win the Super Bowl if, if the things things were just a little bit different, they don't lose to the Chiefs. Um, and then I think we're, your opinion might be a little bit different yeah. about Josh Allen if they win the Super Bowl. Um, but you do have a lot of fair points about Josh Allen where Bills fans would be you know blind to them, rightfully so, because they, they got a good guy leading their, their charge. But he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, I think. I'll, I think he'll be top five. And then at the very yeah. least, I think that's good with the all the amazing quarterbacks that we got. I absolutely agree yeah. with that. I'd say top five, but a lot of people 
think he's Elevated. undisputed top one. And yeah. there isn't a, a number yeah. two, really. And I think Patrick Mahomes is light and day better than yeah. he is. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes won that game. You yeah. know, and we can talk about how perfectly Josh Allen played that. Right. But Patrick Mahomes did as well. And right. that game in particular, by all means, it's his best game he's going to have in his career. And it does suck that you do that and yeah. you still come up with a loss. Yeah. That's terrible. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody, even Josh Allen. Yeah. But every other game is really what I'm here to talk about. And what makes a quarterback the best is they do things that other people can't do, that, right? What makes Mahomes good, he can contort his body to whatever angle, make whatever <laughs> throw, whether it's overhand, underhand, sidearm, backwards. Yeah. He does no-look passes. Yeah, this guy's wicked. This stuff is ridiculous. This guy's wicked. And that's not something that's replicated anywhere else. Right. And he elevated his game even further this year by doing it without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And, you know, Travis Kelsey has had his spurts, but even he isn't necessarily the absolute alpha male that he's been in Kansas City for most of Mahomes' career, right. all of Mahomes' career. So, realistically, he's doing this with Juju. He's doing it with Marquise Valdez-Scantling. He's doing it with now Kadarius Tony. Not saying Kadarius Tony. He makes his teammates better. He, he does. No. He, he elevates everybody. And these guys, who knows if he's going to make a Hall of Famer out of somebody. Where these guys couldn't do well with Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Juju did fine with Ben Roethlisberger before his arm fell off. But Marquise Valdez-Scantling couldn't do anything with Aaron Rodgers. And Kadarius Tony couldn't do anything with the elite Daniel Jones. Right. So now you look at Josh Allen... And the talent that's around him. The Bills have an absolute stacked roster. They are the best roster in the NFL from top to bottom. If he can't win games with that roster. So, I mean, but yeah, but I mean, something could be said for Josh Allen. I mean, Stephen Diggs wasn't a pro bowler until he played with Josh Allen. That pro bowl is... A vote, man. Like I mean, but Stefan Diggs, I mean, he didn't have his best seasons of his career until he was... Yeah, yeah, and by all means, I will yeah. tell you that Josh Allen is better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm not going to argue okay, that. Okay, yeah, you got it. So, got that, got but that. he was very close to a pro bowler when he was in Minnesota. Which is... Yeah. But he's still leading the league in interceptions. How do you do that when you have these guys that can go up and fight for a ball? There are a couple more throws that probably should have been intercepted, but Stefan Diggs is a monster and rips the ball away from the defense, a la Justin Jefferson. What Josh Allen does that other people don't do is makes unsolicited mistakes on some throws. He yeah. has to be more consistent. Consistency is how you're going to win games consistently. And for me, if you can't throw the ball to the right team throughout a whole game in November, then you're not going to be able to string a bunch of games together in January to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a very fair point. So speaking of, you know, if you're, if you're building a franchise, Josh Allen... Lamar Jackson. 
So, so this is this is a good question because yeah. you know Josh Allen now he's coming under the same light that Lamar Jackson was where okay you know you're amazing you can do all this amazing stuff on the football field yeah. can can you win when it matters most Nobody, neither neither one of them has yet right. you know that obviously they have a very long career ahead of them hopefully they both play very wild on the football field yeah. so we we say hopefully yeah um so which one do you you're building a franchise which one do you, do you want the most so. I don't think this is a question of whether or not the Bills continue to sign Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't think this is a question of whether or not Lamar stays in Baltimore. Yeah. Because they're two entirely different scenarios. I don't think there's any team that thinks highly, more highly of Josh Allen than Buffalo. However, Lamar, I think, is sought after by different teams. It, that in itself doesn't necessarily draw which one I would prefer but I am still leaning Lamar I would go Lamar here because I know what Josh Allen can do when you give him the most talented roster in the NFL I think if you put Lamar on that exact team I think it's game over I don't think anybody can beat that team and I don't want that to happen because again I'm a Dolphins fan (laughs) That was, I would that never was, want Lamar on the Bills, but that was a good one. That was a good take. Um, I mean, I, I'm going, I'm going Josh Allen here. Um, the reason that that I go uh, Josh Allen here is because if we're building a franchise, I'm looking for this year, and I'm also looking a couple years down the road. Um, health wise, Lamar Jackson has proven that he could stay on the field despite all this running. But I'm also thinking a couple years down the road here. I trust in Josh Allen's bigger frame to stay a little more durable than Lamar Jackson. Um, I like that, you know, Josh Allen, I like his arm more than Lamar Jackson's. Um, I think in the game of football, um, seeing that we're we're going into more of a fast-paced, more of a faster-paced game, more of a running game, more of quarterbacks getting hit, I would rather trust Josh Allen getting hit than Lamar Jackson getting hit. Um, and that's just basically what my decision boils down to, because realistically, I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I'll defend that man until the day I die. You guys will probably hear me get into some very heated discussions about Lamar Jackson, because um, there will be times where I defend that man very passionately, because that guy I've been defending since his college days, because that guy has completely gotten such an unfair rep in this league. Um, just, I mean, like, that guy... I mean, still to this day, like, he wasn't even supposed to be an NFL MVP. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be, like, I don't even want to say he wasn't supposed to be drafted because, like, he's just an unreal talent, but he fell so far in the draft unfairly to begin with. Yeah, and I actually, what's cool is, and I'm not going to act like I'm well-connected, I got a chance to talk to John Harbaugh, and it was right after he drafted Lamar Jackson. I asked him how excited he was. That yeah. Lamar fell to him in the draft. Yeah. And his response was, well, I think Joe's going to have a hell of a year talking about Joe Flacco. So, listen, we were not in a, a setting where he's ready to give me a playbook. By right, means. yeah, yeah. And I can't, can't hold that against him. It's a, probably yeah. a pretty political response. Yeah. But just to show where he was right. really... Because it, it was like he... Pushed into a corner. Yeah. Even the coach couldn't believe in right. his draft pick. 
And it, it just, it never made sense to me because he absolutely ripped it apart in college. Like he was putting up unreal stats, fell in the draft because everyone was just like, oh no, what is he going to do in the NFL? Even started, you know, doing some good things in the NFL and everyone was still like, oh no. And then, yeah, okay, he, he didn't really perform well in the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like, everyone was like, he's not supposed to be playing this well. And then when he finally doesn't play that well, everyone was like, oh, why didn't you play that well? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a okay. totally unfair rap. And listen, like he has made the throws. He's made the yeah. elite level throws. Right. Hollywood Brown dropped them. Yeah. So you've seen yeah. his elite arm talent, elite leg talent, and to me, this is where I, I actually disagree with you, especially on the Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson taking hits. Lamar knows how to take a hit. Yeah. He rolls ankles and stuff. It's different. It's. Well, I just, I just mean just because like Josh Allen's just a bigger, more athletic guy sure. compared to the smaller Lamar Jackson. By all means, but if, if you, you know me, that that's just kind of a luck thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you told me both of them had to go head on against yeah. Ray Lewis, sure, Josh Allen. <laughs> but if, if you, Josh Allen, <laughs> if, if you told me yeah. that they get to you know get out of the way. I'm that, calling Lamar Jackson. Yeah, of course. Because Josh Allen that, is going to take on Ray Lewis. That, he's going to take yeah. on Brian Erlacher. He's going to take on whoever wants to hit him. Yeah. And yeah. instead of doing that, Lamar gets out of the way. He runs yeah. out of bounds. He avoids yeah. the hit. He lives to fight That's another fully day. Fair. This segment, the leader of men's segment. So on this segment, um, every week, we're just going to, you know, either shout out or not shout out some either good or not good leadership. So to set the scene first, we want to just t- kind of take a big overview, really going to focus in on some coaches that we love, some coaches that we don't love. Tom, we're going to start here. I am going to start off with Pete Carroll. I know this guy gets a very weird rep. I mean, I know the Seahawks one yard line, um, only winning one Super Bowl with that one hell of a team that they had for a few years there. But I mean, actually, all the good Good, great stories that come from this guy. Um, you know, DK Metcalf specifically, um, that, that whole story of how, f- you know, I guess far he fell in the draft, the, the him somehow being an underdog, of, even though he's a fucking freakish athlete who <laughs> ran that fast before. Uh, yeah, but um, back on topic, uh, Pete Carroll, I love that guy. I mean, very yeah. just, just a very good guy that just is in... Just in a good spot and just, you know, Geno Smith. Like, I, I just keep coming back to this. I just don't know how it's happening, but it's just, you know, fair fair, fair fucks. That, that's how I'll explain it. Fair fucks to Pete Carroll. That's fair. Yeah. I, things I like about Pete Carroll uh, is he absolutely has belief in guys that yeah. earn it and deserve it that other people don't have to believe yeah. in. And you gave two great examples, DK Metcalf being one of them. The story about him just taking his shirt off to like greet DK Metcalf <laughs> after they draft him yeah. is unreal. Yeah. It shows his ability to connect to players that can't be overlooked. Yeah. And for a guy that's generations ahead in age, yeah. shows he's still there. He's yeah. in their generation Hell yeah. mentally yeah. at the right level. And that's, that's also, an important thing. He's yeah. not gritty and he's yeah. not doing other weird stuff. 
he's not there, but he's still uh, able to connect. Because you, what, what's that guy that was just the coach of the Jaguars? You see how bad that failed. Urban Meyer. Yes. There yeah, you go. he's not Urban <laughs> That's the polar. That is the anti Pete Carroll. Yeah. Who can't connect? Cannot with connect whatsoever. Unless he's connecting oh. via kicking. And one one more good point um, about Pete Carroll, and then I'll I don't know if if you'll have another comment to this, yeah. but um. All those, the, even though that they did have that good of a team, they had a lot of personalities on that team. Yeah. And Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, um, Bobby Wagner. I mean, Bobby Wagner's a good guy. Sure. Um, Earl Thomas. Um, just so many, uh, Russell Wilson, just so many personalities. Right. He was able to hone that all in to still win a champ, to still dominate for so many years that they right. did. Right, um, So I, I, that, that has to say something. Even though it was yeah. just one. To still hone that all in and win one as hard as it is to win one Super Bowl. Exactly. I know Tom Brady's won seven, but yeah. we've seen with Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and all these other great quarterbacks yeah. to only win as few as they did. It's hard to win. So right. It's yeah. hard to win in general. It's even harder to win when Tom Brady is in the league. So yeah. it, seven. <laughs> it, it should count as yeah. like one and a half. Yeah. And really, yeah. he should have two. Two and a half, three, you know, if you're if we're using the same ratio. Yeah. Um, and that's the one part I don't like about Pete Carroll. I can never forgive him yeah. for allowing that play to be ran. But what I really think happened there, I think that is Russell Wilson playing hero ball. Yeah. I think he checked into that play. Yeah. I don't believe that Pete Carroll being as smart as he is would allow that to happen, knowing yeah. that it's Marshall Lynch on the team. So with that said, what the him. fuck are you doing, Russell? <laughs> That's what you just cost us, Russell. <laughs> but you know how much he connects to his players and how much he wouldn't yeah. throw somebody under the bus to. I'd throw Russell under the bus if that was me. I'd throw it yeah. a lot farther under the bus than he, he ended up throwing that ball. There's probably a lot of drinks after that night of I, how how far they were going to bury who did what. Yeah. We're never going to find out. Yeah, my favorite meme from that. For all we know, it was Richard Sherman who called that play. Right. <laughs> like, my favorite meme from that is when uh, he's working, Pete Carroll's working in the Starbucks window and says, here, do you want me to hand you this drink or do you want me to step back 10 yards and then throw it through the window at you? It's unreal bad decision making, but I can't chalk that up to his decision. So, yeah. But I still can't forgive him for it because... He never did say it's not his decision. Yeah. And we, I feel like we might have to have like a whole, like in the off season, we might have to dedicate a whole 30 minute, like where we watch this play over and over and over and over. I'll never do it. And I don't want to see like, it ever again. I just, I don't, I, it, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Who else, who else you like? Jeff Saturday. How can you not like Jeff Saturday? He fucking won his game, baby. I love that. Yo, I mean, I love this because what I what I want to see is I want to see less of these these coaches that are just fucking stats, 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 plays, plays, stats, stats, plays. I mean, I know you have to come in with a playbook and you have to know your shit as a coach. I love that. You want that as a fan of your team. Yeah. But I also love the guy that just fucking fucking puts motivation into his guys, believes in his guys can fucking just go in there and make his guys feel better about what they do. Yeah. Like, that. that's just what the world needs. They, the world needs some Jeff Saturday. And I'm here for Jeff Saturday. I'm and you know that. what? If Jeff Saturday beats the Eagles, fuck it. No, that would be bad. That would be that really would be bad. bad for that would be really bad for yeah. Eagles fans everywhere. That would. But, but I love Jeff Saturday. I'm Jeff a huge Saturday. fan. Huge yeah. fan. I hope, I hope that the Colts, like... 
teach him some some real like good head coaching shit because I know they can. They've had a lot of good people go through their organization. I know they can get him there. I know they can get him up to speed. He ha- he has the the side of coaching that a lot of coaches don't have, like those analytical game plan coaches. Yeah. Of course, it looks like a genius start right now. Yeah. It looks like they made the absolute right call. And all this, like, not hiring a guy that actually knows what he's doing <laughs> looks great. I don't know if it's going to last. He made long. Derek Carr cry. He did. Which, that's the one itself. <laughs> that's crazy. Same. And he may have gotten Josh McDaniels fired. Although, I hear he can't get fired just because of financial reasons. Yeah. And they're too cash poor to actually hire a new coach. Which is the worst reason to stick with a coach I've ever heard. But, it's the Raiders. So it's that aside, Jeff Saturday is already building a little bit of resume after one week. So like I think he came in and fired up the trench play. And that's what they were missing. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor was getting tackled in the backfield when he was actually healthy and running for the Colts earlier this year. Yeah. And he was able to get on a groove this yeah. this week. So uh that's all you need. And I don't care if you have Sam Ellinger or Who are you? anybody else at quarterback. Get Jonathan Taylor going. If you got Jonathan Step Taylor. Step one. <laughs> you need somebody that can take a snap and hand the ball off. And Good. the Colts can win games with that alone. That's it. Step one. Yeah. Their yeah. defense is good enough talent-wise. That team should win games. And depending on what Titans do tonight, uh, which we're recording during the Titans game, by the way, uh, depending on what Titans do tonight, I don't think the Colts are completely out of it yet, which is wild. Yeah, but they have a chance here, and that's what, and it's it's a lot to rally around. Yeah, because it's like as for the Colts, you have nothing to lose. Now the the Eagles, they have lost to the Commanders. They're they're coming in with a lot of pressure because it's like the Eagles. It's like you have to beat the Colts. Like yeah. you're looking at it, it's like this is the Jeff Saturday ran Colts. Right. Like and we we got to beat these guys, right? Jeff Saturday <laughs> comes out with a moral victory if they lose within by single digits. Right. That's the goal from the rest of the world to Jeff Saturday. Yeah. There's no damn way that's what he's communicating in that locker room. Exactly. He wants to win by double digits. I would like, like, and I appreciate it. Like I said, I want to see, and again, I, I'm not saying like coaches need to come in completely brainless, like we need more brainless coaches, Yeah. but this is the side of head coaches that there needs to be more of, like this needs to be, it, it, it's more than just the, the, the book, it's more than just, you know, the stats. Our uh, love affair of Jeff Saturday, who are some of the coaches that you love? <laughs> <laughs> so, I am absolutely going for a homer pick here, but I really like what Mike McDaniel's doing with the Dolphins, man. He's... Okay. Of starting to come around, I like it, coach. Yeah. Uh, he's, I liked him right from the rip when he had the phone call recorded on the plane where he was talking to Tua, yeah. and how polar opposite it was from the way Brian Flores treated Tua. Yeah, and it was needed. This goes back to what you were talking about, Pete Carroll and his ability to connect players. Yeah, Mike Daniel wasted zero time to do it. Yeah, he. Barely had his bags packed when he started connecting with players. Yeah. And from everybody that has commented on him from his past stops, and from the people that have joined him, like Wes Welker, is, who's our wide receivers coach, and the staff he's built, it, it's yeah. a community of people that believe. 
and he's got it really built into the players now. It went from it's the Dolphins, the definition of mediocrity. Mediocrity and just shittiness. Yeah, it's <laughs> like just it's like toxicity. Like it's, it's a range yeah. between shitty and mediocre. Yeah, it capped off at mediocre, but just as often it was awful. Right. So, plus you have controversy between you know the coach Jonathan Martin stuff, the coach. Uh, what was he? He sniffed coke through the dollar bill and um, yeah, and yeah. sending videos to strippers or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and that's what I, and that's that's kind of the point that I was gonna make. Like you had the you know the coke incident, you had the that incident that you just mentioned. Yeah, Martin and um, you had the the whole Flores um stuff. You had the you know yeah. the the Tua stuff in general. Like I said, Tua coming into the league. You know he Deshaun he Watson needs Watson stuff. Right, Tom Brady stuff. You need like you. You just need you needed a coach to come in and just really yeah. just be just regulate everything, right? Because it, it was just it was a lot of madness, a lot of question marks. You're getting Tyreek Hill now. Yeah. Um. Was he there before or after Tyreek Hill was signed? He came and then they got Tyreek Hill. After. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure the Dolphins probably sat down with him like, hey, we're planning on getting some something big. Right. They were probably planting the seeds of doing something huge at the time. Yeah. Maybe they were planning on getting Hill at the time or they were planning on doing anything. Yeah. Chris Greer has been a maniac. He's yeah. been aggressive, which so, is great. Yeah. So who knows? But I got to think McDaniel had a lot of say in yeah. hunting down Tyreek Hill yeah. to, to join that team. And this whole concussion stuff that came up with Tua... Didn't turn into a huge, ugly situation that it could have. It very much could have, but yeah. at the same time, that's still up for discussion. Is oh, and it, what it, he did and how he handled that. right. But it it seems because it seems for the most part, Tua's back on the field. Correct. Because it, it seems Tua okay. could have taken if if this Dolphin. My my big opinion on that is that if the Dolphins organization was whack and Tua didn't believe, if Tua himself didn't believe at all, right. I truly believe he want to be playing a game for the rest of the year. And if this was the Brian Flores led Dolphins, yeah, I Tua would not could be absolutely see yeah. that because Tua that. would just protect himself, and that yeah. that probably would have been the last Dolphins game he ever played. Right, right. And, and he would have forced the trade. He would have just sat out, but yeah. he's back. And, they, and I think it says a lot. Yeah. Right, right. And I know we're talking about coaches here, but Chris Greer has built a roster around Tua, and there's yeah. no way that happens. Without Mike McDaniel coming in but saying he believes, he believes. In Tua. Yeah, because there was all those question marks in the offseason. Like, is Tua the one right. that's going to be the guy that actually elevates the Dolphins? It wasn't even really that, a question. It was that, where they, can they go to get the one. That, and it was either going to be Deshaun Watson or ultimately Tom Brady. That, so when those things like, fell no, through, a lot of Dolphins fans are up in arms. <laughs> Oh, we're stuck with this. Yeah. Those same Taliban fans are very happy that they're stuck with this. Yeah. So, Tua is on an absolute tear. We'll circle back and talk about yeah. how good Tua is right now yeah. and how historic that is. But Mike McDaniel, what he's doing yeah. with that whole roster and his belief in the running backs, his belief in the receivers, he's definitely more the offensive guy. He's not talking as much defense. But... He's doing a great job. Yeah. I absolutely love it so far. It's early in a relationship. This might be our honeymoon phase. Uh, but I love Mike Daniel and, and gotta, my Dolphins. You got you to love giving a, giving a coach offensive weapons and him actually knowing how to use them. Yeah. Because that's the big thing. Like you, you can give any coach some of the top 
guys in the league, and yeah. he if he knows how to use them, I don't care. I, I like I said, it, it just says something. Yeah, it just says something about the coach. It, I don't care. I I don't care if a team has the most talented guys. You got to put it together. Exactly. And that's why I never took anything away from Belichick for having Tom Brady. Why I never took anything away from Tom Brady for having Belichick. Like, they both still have to perform. And right. the, the There's a yeah. lot of other stuff that goes on in that football field outside yeah. of the quarterback position. Exactly. 52 other guys on that active yeah. roster. Football is a crazy sport. It is wild. <laughs> uh, another guy I love, and this gives me a little bit of Jeff Saturday vibes, and I'll explain why in just a second, is Mike Rabel. Uh, so the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans are one of the most disciplined, one of the best coached teams in the NFL. Mike Vrabel has a way of managing games and with without a ridiculous amount of talent, remind you. So I know what Ryan Tannehill is made of very, very well. I like Ryan Tannehill, but he is not a guy that's going to carry you anywhere. Derrick Henry, by all means, looks ridiculous. Great highlight reel. I don't think he's the absolute best running back to ever tread that field either. But Mike Vrabel knows how to get the most out of his guys. He's going to get you fired up, play on Sundays. And he's got incredible tactics. Whether it's clock management or, you know, getting the right people in the right places. I just agree. It's weird that's all that somebody got. can be that yeah. good that climb the ranks that quickly it's you know true. who else climbed the ranks awfully quickly jeff saturday, jeff saturday. definitely quicker than mike rabel yeah. and mike rabel took some of the more traditional steps uh but really it's just a fiery guy that the team's gonna get behind i i just i just agree i mean i i really don't have much more to say than i agree because I mean, it, it's a lot to say about the Tennessee Titans. They haven't really done much. They've subtracted. They, they traded A.J. Brown. Yeah. I mean, they they haven't done much. They've kind of, it's just been Derrick Henry or bust. Right. They they, they extended yeah. Ryan Tannehill to a ridiculous contract. Right. And right. for them to still be winning, for them to still be well into the playoffs every single year. Yep. Yeah. Great coaching, great system. Um, I, I just hope, for the sake of him, that eventually he gets a team that he can take to a Super Bowl. Right. And while we're recording this, the Titans are up 20-17 to 17 right now against the Green Bay Packers. So, at, going into the fourth quarter. Oh, that's a good game. Packers need to win that. Yeah, yeah. I think both teams really do for for a few different reasons. It's, it's, a, it's an important one, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so and a better game than what we got early on in uh, the Thursday night football <laughs> showcase. Yeah, man. I mean, when I woke up on Monday, it was the Commanders. I don't know. I was. I don't know why. I I'm an Eagles fan, as you guys know. I know I'm wearing a Rams jersey. My Aaron Donald Super Bowl jersey. Got it after they won. I really like Aaron Donald. I just, I felt it coming. I just felt it in my soul. It just it just felt right. It was just it just felt like a day that the Eagles were gonna lose to Taylor Henneke and the and the Commanders. Yeah. I just I don't I I'm not. Am I disappointed? No, not really. Cause I I I'm glad that the Eagles didn't have that pressure of being undefeated. I don't want that pressure yet. I I don't want the Eagles to have this pressure yet. I don't want Jalen Hurts to fall on his face until the playoffs. 
Yeah. I think it's a wake up call that they needed, man. Yeah. I, I think they're bound to lose one. All the great teams, yeah. except one, have lost one. So yeah. it's gonna happen and it sucks if it happens against the commanders. Yeah. But I Imagine think if it happened against Jeff Saturday. That could have been it, man. <laughs> it could have been it. Uh, but I, I think a team learns a lot more from a loss than they learn from a win. Yeah. And you get better by learning. Right. About yourself, about your opponent. It's not going to feel good for Eagle Nation right now. It's, you know, and to do it right before Chase Young gets back means I think the commanders could all of a sudden string something together here. Well, th- that's the thing is, like, the, the commanders, like, Tyler Henneke, not for nothing, he's a winner. Right. He's always just randomly come up for the commanders and won them some weird games yeah. here and there. They've got, I believe, a 19-38 and 38 record or something like that without him. <laughs> and he's, uh, I want to say, 10-9. Um, and nine. It's he's silly. got a winning record. It, it's absolutely During silly. that same span. So he's now started, you know, this will be his 20th start. Now that Carson Wentz is healthy this upcoming week, and he's they're benched. still starting Taylor Heineke. So this will be his 20th start in the NFL. There aren't all that many people that get to start 20 games in the NFL, you know. So it, he's got a sample size. And he's won at least as many. And he as took he Tom lost. Brady to his limit. Was it last year? Or the year before. The year before. Uh, I right? want to say year before. Yeah. Yeah. Took Tom Brady to his limits. He did. He I, did. I know you remember that one. I don't know. There's just a clip that constantly plays in my head of Chase Young just slapping the back of Henneke's jersey yep. after that one touchdown. It's impressive, and you know you got to cheer for that guy. They they're doing it without a lot of big names. Yeah. On that offense. Terry McLaurin looks like the real deal when Heineken's on him. the field. Yeah. And he looks like a joke when he's not on the field. Right. There's no coincidence. And there. it's and that and that's that was my issue with, with Carson Wentz when he was yeah. on the Eagles. It's like when when Carson Wentz is on the field, it's what is what is gonna make Carson Wentz look better. Yeah. That was always my issue with him. And when his talent declined, it's nothing. Yeah. Nothing's gonna make Carson. That's why that's what sucked about Carson Wentz is that it's literally only what makes Carson Wentz look better. Yeah. And then the talent declined and nothing made Carson Wentz look better. So nothing looks good about Carson Wentz whatsoever. Yeah. It was just horrible performance after horrible performance. But people still believe that they were going to get this random yeah. MVP back. But I, I, I just knew. I mean, I... I'm not saying, like, yeah, I'm glad he got injured again and got traded and, you know, whatever. But, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and speaking of just awful Thursday football, just to circle back to what we had to endure earlier on the season, I will say it. I'm perfectly content if I never have to watch Russell Wilson play football. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want to see this version of Russell Wilson for too much longer. I mean, like, I honestly, I'm at the point where I hope he retires soon. Yeah. Yeah, like what? He's gotten how many national TV games this, this year? Uh, I want to say it was six out of the first eight. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not even talking just the Thursday and Monday games, like the Sunday yeah. games that he gets as well. We had Sunday night, we had a Monday night, we had a like, Thursday night. Uh, there. They were just showcased. And then there was a Sunday morning 
Yeah. As well. And um, what sucks is that the Broncos, they may have ruined what could have really been something phenomenal with everything that they've compiled over this rebuild. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that Drew Luck was going to be like this quarterback, but of the quarterbacks that they could have gotten, yeah. and I don't remember what quarterbacks were available at the time, but they could have done differently. And I get it. I get the attraction with Russell sure. Wilson. Um, but what I saw last year was this same Russell Wilson that I'm seeing this year just worse. Yep. Because the Russell Wilson that I saw last year, I'm seeing someone that just, like, realistically just bitched and moaned and just didn't really do that great. Right. He didn't. He wasn't that fantastic of a leader. No. And I'm seeing a guy, I mean, he's not really bitching and moaning. He's, you know, he's presenting himself well, but he's just not doing good whatsoever, and he's not leading at all. Right, right. And it sucks because, you know, Denver, like, they did all that. They traded. They gave you the keys to the entire rebuilding. They ended the whole rebuild. Gave you the keys, believed you, they gave you everything, and you're getting outplayed by Geno Smith. Yeah. And you've got a stable of running backs behind you. You've got talented receivers. You've got talented receivers! This rookie tight end, Greg Dolchik, is the shining light of this team. You've got talent around you. Why can't you do something? They've got a decent defense. That team would only have one loss if they scored 18 points every game. That's the bar. Which is nuts. That's the bar that you need. 18 and points. And you're Russell Wilson and you can't score 18 points a game? Yeah. Off this of is... your talent alone? Yeah. The, it's what... almost like you're not trying. Right. Like you're telling me you're not talented anymore? That's that's false. I can't believe that. Yeah. And I don't want to hear that, that you're playing with some sort of injury. Like I, I can't hear that anymore. What do you think happens sooner? Russell Wilson making playoffs again? Or Russell Wilson being on a baseball team? Poo! Or neither. I don't think he's going to play baseball. Um, I don't think he's making playoffs. So I'm between the other two. I think he'll get lucky. I think he'll get lucky and make a And get picked up by the Oakland Athletics? <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. No. Um, but, like, it, it's, it sucks. Um, I'm sorry to all the Denver fans. I'm not really sorry. You guys, you guys got that cool Peyton run. Um, I think that, that was cool for you guys. But it sucks because you guys got all this talent and then you traded Noah Font, who I thought was going to be cool for you guys. Um, and you guys now get to go see him play in Seattle under Pete Carroll, who ultimately at the end of the day looks yeah. great in this whole saga between him and Russell Wilson. And now it's like Russell Wilson is taking shots at Pete Carroll now in the media. It's like, dude, just stop. Like, this is a failure of a year. Yeah. Turns out Noah Fant was actually the most talented player in that whole trade. Yeah, which is crazy. And you did not get what you thought you were getting, and you gave exactly what you knew you had. How are you three and six? Yeah. (laughs) By having the worst offense in the league. And you're the issue. The quarter... Who would have thought after trading for Russell Wilson that after nine games you're three and six and you're the issue? Yeah. You go from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, your offense gets worse. It's impressive, really. Not in a good way, but it's impressive. Very impressive. So, so other stuff from week 10 that I want to discuss. Can we just spend a minute and talk about Justin Fields? Yeah. Justin Fields strung together in a ridiculous pair of games. Yes. The and Dolphins and the Lions. Listen, I, I know they're three and seven. Yep. I, I know it's the Chicago Bears. But I think for me, it's time to... Ex- I'm going to exhale on Justin Fields because I was nervous at the beginning of the year. I thought 
maybe maybe there was a lot of potential for him to be a bust. Yeah. But I'm going to exhale. I think Justin Fields is going to be good in this league. Okay. I'm not exhaling just yet. No? Now, don't get me wrong. I just brought up the fact that these are two historic games. More rushing yards in a two-game span, I would venture to say, than any two-game span for the most quarterback in photos time. ever. Epic photo from earlier in the year. That was great, too. Yeah. He gets props for that. Yeah. He gets props for 178 rushing yards, most of the regular season history for one game. And then he tacks on another 140-so yards against the Lions. It's ridiculous. But he hasn't really showed me that he can pass the ball yet. He's got a broken play that really comprised a good chunk of his passing yards in one of those games, and he's still just not really piecing together. They still lost both of those games too. So that I can't blame him as much for because really that Bears defense without Roquan Smith is nothing. It's a bunch of folding chairs could trick you up better than very <laughs> folding chairs now. is crazy. Uh, but <laughs> you still have to take a little ownership and win some games for me to believe. Now, when you put up a historic performance and still don't do it in a way that ends up winning your team the game, it means that it's empty stats to me. Yeah, but it's it's the Bears. The Bears. It's, it's something cool for the Bears. We'll, we'll flip them a cookie here, it's the, but it's, it's, it's the still... the Chicago Bears. Come on, Bill. It's the Bears. Dogs. You know, nothing good happens for the Bears. It's something yeah. special. It's this not special. This guy's running everywhere. Come on. He is running a lot of places. He's just running everywhere. But it's not going to run into the yeah. playoffs. I mean, yeah, I would like to see him throw more, but I mean, it's a start for me. Um, you know, for Justin Fields, I was really nervous. Um, seeing him across this year. This is his second year, right? Yeah. and Second year in the NFL. I will say, I'll go on record, and I will say, I thought he was bad. Yeah. Not just like, yeah. he's not there yet. I thought he was just flat yeah. out. Well, I thought he wasn't going to make it at all. Right. Like, right. I thought, like, there was no shot for Justin Fields. I would have been shot now I think, by now. Yeah, like, now I... not happening anymore. Yeah, now I think, at the very least, he has a shot in this league. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying, like... He's going to be fine. Well, I know I just said like a minute ago, maybe I'll cut it, maybe I won't, that that he was going to be fine. But I think at the very least now, I can see his path to success at the very least now. Whereas before, I was like, okay, now I'm just waiting for the Bears to get through the season and get their next quarterback. Right. So with his ability to rush, I think if you take somebody that can rush like that and at least has some throwing ability, I think this is what the Saints wanted Taysom Hill to be. Mm-hmm. And I think if yeah. you yeah. are a smart enough coach and you have well, that's you also the thing to be too. a better arm talent, yeah. but just not quite enough and you're going to need that creativity, yeah. why not bring in a guy like Justin Fields if things don't work out? Yeah. If he doesn't develop that arm talent anymore with the Bears, then there's a chance down the road you see something a little bit more creative like that. I don't know if it really happens because quarterbacks are expensive. You're going to have to pay him quarterback money, even if he's not giving you quarterback stats. So I don't know if it can happen, but if I'm running this pizza shop, that's kind of where I would yeah. try to go with it if if the cards were stacked right. Do you think Jeff Saturday has ever ran a successful pizza shop? I think so. I feel like he has. 
Yeah. I think maybe, I have a very strong feeling Jeff Saturdays ran a successful pizza shop. It was probably one of those like shop classes while he was coaching high school. Maybe he was also teaching some business classes in the high school, teaching him how to run the pizza shop. I could see it do like a little side hustle right off the side of the cafeteria. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Excellent. So let's dive into Bill's block. Uh, so I did want to talk about a DraftKings lineup. Uh, last week, not stellar, but not bad either. Cash in my, in my uh, 50-50 lineups, uh, but probably wouldn't have even cashed if I got a double up. So it was really treading water. Didn't do a whole lot in the tournaments. So uh, not really the outlook we're looking for, but you know, n- not bad either. If you're doubling your money, you're still doing okay. So this week, it's a little tougher because you know how I love to target Miami's defense. And we don't get to do that this week with Miami on the bye. Uh, In addition, Miami showed a little bit more, you know, a little bit more gusto with Bradley Chubb actually getting up speed a little bit and uh, shutting down the Browns a little bit. Nick Chubb didn't run all over us like I expected. Uh, that was really where last week's lineup flopped, is Nick Chubb uh, being held to pretty pedestrian stats. Uh, but this week, there's still plenty to target. Uh, so first thing I'm doing is I'm going to introduce a Cowboys stack. Uh, so the Cowboys this week are playing... You don't need to edit this part because yeah, I, need pull, I need to pull the lineup. Get a little charge on that. Yeah. I was getting a little nervous. And we're doing we're doing great. Because I think right now I think we're cutting off like 20 minutes so far. Yeah, about that. So Cowboys this week have the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings by all means can score a lot, but they can also uh, allow a lot. And they allowed quite a game last week to the Bills. Uh, they allow a ton of points to wide receivers. And, you know, Stephon Diggs didn't find the end zone. That was my one miss on the touchdown uh, parlay. But uh, the other four did score that I had. So, you know, it salvaged the day. Just always better if you can get that five for five. This week, I've definitely got C.D. Lamb scoring. Uh, C.D. Lamb has an awesome matchup against Patrick Peterson in all likelihood. Uh, Minnesota also gives up a ton to the tight end. So I love Dalton Schultz as well. Finally looking a little bit better. The knee's holding up a little bit better. That, I believe it's a PCL, is just a nagging, nagging knee injury. And it's not going to be completely gone probably for the rest of the season. But after the bye week, he definitely looked better than he did running with a little bit more confidence into his breaks, out of his breaks. So I like Lamb. I like Schultz this week. Therefore, I like Dak. Uh, So this is definitely gearing up to be a little bit more of a tournament lineup. A little bit more of a lottery ticket style. Uh, should still be fine with that as your basis in cash games. But uh, with the way I conduct the rest of this lineup, it's going to be a lot more tournament-based because I'm spending up and will definitely have to go studs and duds the rest of the way. Uh, so don't encourage the rest of this path for your cash lineups. Uh, but I think that's a good starting point if you want to build your own cash lineup just using the Cowboys stack. Uh, for my running backs, and this is where I'm really spending money, it's going to be Nick Chubb. I'm going back to the well here. I think the Browns going against the Bills. The Bills absolutely have let up 
some good production to uh, running backs over the past couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook, by all means, played lights out football. Uh, really looked very, very good against the Bills. Uh, but the Jets, just the week prior, you saw both Michael Carter and James Robinson uh, both have some solid production uh, against the Bills. So definitely love Chubb there and Jonathan Taylor against the Eagles. Eagles defense has been solid, but they definitely do give up points to running backs. Uh, I think that entire Colts offense has to run through Jonathan Taylor. We did really dive pretty deep into what the Colts are moving forward, and they are trench play. They are Jeff Saturday. Uh, they want a big push from the center, and Taylor runs right behind them. Uh, Quentin Jeff Nelson's Jeff a Saturday. beast, so I really think they're going to be opening lanes. I think they're going to be a little bit more creative with offensive line play. And Taylor has to run well for the Colts to have a chance. And I do think the Colts actually somehow remain competitive the rest of the way. So moving on to wide receivers, really, really had to spend down here. Demir Bird from the Falcons. Who? That's right. Demir Bird is only getting about a 40-50% oh, snap share, okay. uh, but he's getting targets from Marcus Mariota. So Demir Bird is my play, at, my number one play at wide receiver. Uh, Skaronic from the Rams is number two. Uh, he is the other small white guy that Matt Stafford gets to throw to. He targeted him a lot already. Uh, so with Cooper Cup going down, those targets have to go somewhere. I think snap share increases. Uh, therefore, I think targets increase. And with he is catching some balls. I don't know if he finds the end zone here. That would be the icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, but I do think he probably nets seven or eight receptions, which on DraftKings point per reception gives you a nice floor. Uh, plus, you know, he's going to get some yards alongside of that. That's fair. Outside of that, I've got Nico Collins. Uh, Nico Collins of the Texans does have a plus mashup here, uh, but I just really think he's priced wrong at only 4100 on DraftKings. Uh, you can get him into the lineup for a nice value play. That leaves us just enough funding to sneak in the Eagles defense up against Indianapolis, by all means. I think Taylor's going to get his, but I think the Eagles That's defense is going to get theirs. Uh, they ranged up to nine sacks in a single game this year. And even if Taylor does, and that offensive line does make good solid work of the Eagles defensive line, I think when Sam Ellinger does end up inevitably dropping back to throw some balls toward the end of the game when they are behind by double digits. I do think uh, the Eagles will get to feast a little bit. I could absolutely see a defensive touchdown because they really are better in all three phases. That wraps up DraftKings lineup. Again, that's tournament play. Definitely some other guys you can consider some, some really good matchups uh, to consider for cash games. Uh, definitely feel free to shoot me a private message if you need a particular Hell yeah, that was play. Bill's block. I love that. Now let's go to Tom's intuition. A whole lot of bullshit. So <laughs> um, I have, so Jeff Saturday almost beats the Eagles. So I have the Eagles. It's going to be a very sweaty one. I have the Colts. I have them leading at halftime. Um, but the Eagles ultimately winning. Um, I have the Colts going in with maybe a three-point lead, maybe less if that's how it works out. However it works out, they'll have a very small lead. A lot of people will be talking about it. There will be a lot of memes made at halftime, but ultimately, I think the Eagles win by like one possession, maybe two, but it'll be enough to make a lot of people talk shit. 
Um, I think the Eagles win, but Jeff Saturday comes close enough to give him props. Second thing, I think we're getting late in the season. I think something controversial is going to happen. Don't don't ask me what. I'm not going to tell you, but something controversial is going to happen. Maybe a ref is going to blow a game. I don't know. And then the third thing is the Falcons are going to embarrass themselves, but they're going to do it on purpose. I think they're going to absolutely blow their game. The basis of me saying that um, was that their opponent is the... The Bears. The Bears. So the Bears, um, both of these guys, they're competing for draft picks. I think the Falcons are going to absolutely blow it. Um, And I also think they're going to also make Justin Fields continuously look good. Um, So, yeah, I think the Falcons embarrass themselves. They purposely lose by a lot in this game. So take the Bears over. So now... Um, We're going to go to the five on five, or the five and five, um, where we pick five teams to win. Um, Basically, the rules are simple. We we did this last week, so our current records are... We're going to show them on the screen. So basically, last week, we picked five teams to win. Basically, the only rule to this is don't be a dickhead. Don't pick obvious teams. Um, Like, for example, this week... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So for for example, um, this week, um, basically, you're not going to pick the Ravens to beat the Panthers. Um, you're not going to pick, yeah, um, you're not going to pick the 49ers over the Cardinals. I think that's fair. Yeah, it, it, at least if Kyler is not playing, which it's looking like he's not. Yeah, playing. like stuff, stuff like so that. Anything with the, you know a spread of double digit points or really yeah. anything particularly close, don't be a dickhead. Yeah, and then at the end of the year, there'll be some bet made, we'll film something stupid, or there'll be some big prize on the line, who the hell knows, we'll figure that out, maybe on the podcast, we'll be like, oh, that's a great idea, yep. but either way, Throw in the comments. my five here, um, let me get a side by side here, um, my first game, uh, the, the Titans went up by 10, by the way, Ooh. over the Packers, nice. wow, yeah, halfway through the fourth there. I had um, both of my touchdown scores for that game, which are not part of today, but I did have Christian oh. Watson scoring one, and I had Derek Henry scoring one. So. Wow, that's awesome. But I got the Jets over the Patriots. So I think that's going to be a huge game for both teams. Both teams need the win if they want to keep um, competing. I think this is the Jets. They're going to finally take a stand. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but I think they want to make a stand against the Patriots, and I think they're going to do it right here. I think they win this game. The Raiders, I think that they win. Um, Derek Carr was crying in the press conference. Russell Wilson, I think he's going to continue to shit the bed. Um, I think this is the perfect match to be very ugly, very gruesome game. But I think the Raiders, I think they're going to come out with a very irrelevant big win for their season. The Bears, to, to correlate with what I had just said, I think they beat the Falcons. The Rams, um, I believe that they beat the Saints. I think the Saints are now in a position where they've lost enough games where they're going to probably not want the Rams to continue losing games because I think now the Rams are at the point where, you know, maybe they're, they're going to want to lose some games because is Stafford's hurt now? Stafford's probably back for this game. Oh, okay. But are they even in a position? Because they lost last week, didn't they? If they lost, they, I think. Yeah, now they're three and six. Yeah. So it's like they're almost out of it. I mean, they it's this season is nuts. But I I have I have the Rams to to pick off the Saints. It's a very close matchup still. They both suck. Whatever. 
Um, and then I have the Lions to upset the Giants. Now, normally, if I had picked the Giants, this probably would have went against our rules that we have, but I have the Lions to beat the Giants. And the reason why I say that is because I think the Giants, they're high. They're high on their horse. I think this is perfect, the perfect time for them to get knocked off their horse. I, I just, I feel it coming. Lions are going to upset. I think the Lions offense is going to shine. They still have one of the better offenses, and I think it's going to come through. Now for the five um, touchdown scores, I got Michael Carter for the Jets. As you mentioned, they did really well. I think they're still trying to find, you know, their, their lead guy um, after the injury. And Michael Carter, I believe he is, he's going to be a touchdown scorer again this week. He scored last week. I believe he'll score again this week. A.J. Brown um, for the Eagles. He did, had a horrible game. Uh, horrible game against well, the... Twice yeah, the, there's no shot that he has a bad game against Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Um, I think he's out to have, I don't want to say 100 yards, but I think at the very least he'll have 70-plus yards, including a touchdown in that. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to have one hell of a game against the Panthers. I think that includes a rushing touchdown. Okay. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to be um, in the end zone. Um, I think, honestly... If I was a better, if I was to make a crazy ticket, um, I would have Travis Kelsey in the end zone twice um, against the Chargers. Actually, the Chargers are up there. Uh, tight ends do score decently against them. Yeah. That was some. That was a random stat that I found that kind of led to this. And Justin Fields, I think he's going to continue to score. Um, that's going to correlate with what I said about the Falcons. I think he scores um, another touchdown, a rushing touchdown this time against the Falcons. And that is my 5-5. Five and five. I don't think the Giants over Lions is necessarily against our rules here because it's only a three-point okay. spread. Okay. Giants are minus three uh, at home versus the Lions. I Somehow. do think that's a close game. Somehow. I mean, the Giants haven't beat yeah. anybody by a lot. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So yeah. even if they're the favorite, they're not going to be a favorite by a whole lot. And I'll, I'll give you this one. Because I picked the Lions, I'll give you this one. Yep. I'm, I'm glad they're fair game yeah. uh, because you picked the Jets. I'm going Patriots. Okay. You picked the Raiders. I'm going the Broncos. You picked the Bears. I'm going the Falcons. Oh. Uh, you picked the Rams. I'm going the Saints. So we were complete opposite? You picked the Lions. I'm going the Giants. I didn't intend to do that, but once you told me, I had four of these, and then, you know, I really don't think the Broncos are going to win. But just for. Me and Bill are going head to head. Let's go. We're okay. going five. Five versus five this week, and we can look back at this week as probably a pretty big swing for the season. Imagine I get swept. It's I can see it happening. It's looking like it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll I'll drop a little logic on it. I think Bill Belichick is just a better coach than Robert Sala. I think, Night and day. Yeah, I think Ramon J. Stevenson yeah. is a good enough back where he's going to end up getting more points than the Jets do as a team. Yeah. So I I got Ramon J. probably scoring two touchdowns. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't be super shocked if they do shut down the Patriots. I'm so just, I don't have him. I'm as seeing like this as that J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yeah, I, I have faith in the Patriots here, yeah. and, and you know the Jets are the Jets. They will always be the Jets. They'll always be the Jets. So this has to yeah. be where they come yeah. down to earth. But the Patriots are always the Patriots, and they always lose that one random game a year. But and you, lose- as a Dolphins fan, know that. Correct. They're, they uh, lose the ones they're not supposed to, though. This is one that they're kind of supposed to lose. The Jets are shaping up to be a good team. Jets are ahead of them in the division right now. That's so fair. I don't think Patriots can lose that. Okay. Uh, plus, 
if the Jets win here, that would put them in first place in the AFC East. You heard that right. A Jets win here would put them in first place in the AFC East. That can't happen. I think Earth freezes over if that happens. So, can't happen. Uh, so, on to Raiders versus Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think if there's one coach worse than Daniel Hackett in this entire league, it's Josh McDaniels. So, I think the Broncos do have a shot here. Uh, Raiders defense has been so atrocious that maybe, just maybe, the Broncos... This is Russell can, Wilson's comeback They can up to 18 points this week. So, uh, you know, I think that's the, the keys to the kingdom there. I don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to do anything because the Broncos' defense is actually good. Do you feel like shit if you look back on your season and you're like, damn, if I just scored 18 points every game, I'd actually be – I might be an MVP contention? <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> and in the playoffs. Yep. So, absolutely you do. So, I do have Broncos over Raiders, Falcons over the Bears. See, I think – Justin Fields is going to show up again because it's another bad defense. He gets three bad defenses in a row, which is going to make anybody look a little bit better. Uh, but they they know how to do just enough to do everything except for win a game. And I think Falcons do know how to close out games. Uh, believe, Marcus Mariota is a veteran in this league all of a sudden, which is wild. Which is odd. But he <laughs> knows his way around football at this point, it looks like. So I, I've got him... As a solid quarterback sleeper uh, for DraftKings purposes, if you want to plug him in instead of Dak, uh, feel free. Uh, just I wouldn't really stack with a whole lot outside of that sleeper, Demir Bird, which it might not get you a ton, uh, but it might get you enough as well. So uh, Mariota instead of Dak could work. Uh, then I've got Saints over the Rams. I think the Rams are just bad in general and are going to be a whole lot worse without Cooper Cup. Uh, so I don't think they can win while Cup is out, and we'll see if he even makes a return this season. Do they have their draft pick? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if they have any draft picks left. Oh, the Eagles have the Saints draft pick. I know that. They they have the Saints, yes. And Which is nuts. The Lions over the – you have the Lions over the Giants. I just don't think it can happen. I think the Lions keep it close. I could see them covering the spread even. I could see the Giants winning by a game-winning field goal right at the end. So I do have Giants. Okay. I think Barkley's going to run rampant over the Lions. I think he's uh, just too much of a favorite to score touchdowns, so I didn't include him in my five uh, touchdown scores, which I'll get into in just a second. Uh, but I, I think Saquon has a ridiculous game, and I think the Giants pull. So... And on to my touchdown scores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've got... Uh, a few games that I already gave you for the DraftKings lineup, but I'll, I'll recap here. My five touchdown scores of the week are Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, C.D. Lamb. Uh, I like all three of those in their matchups, all really favorable matchups and plus very good players. Uh, then I'm going to pivot down to some lower tier running backs compared to those players. I'm going to Antonio Gibson. Uh, the, ah, I like that. Yep. I like that. The, the commanders have... A huge plus matchup uh, for running backs in particular wow. against the Texans. And then I've got Isaiah Pacheco from the Chiefs. Uh, so if you haven't noticed, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is basically not on the team anymore. He had, I believe, two touches last week or yeah. two targets, something. Might have been two snaps. Any, any which way, not very favorable for CEH. Uh, Pacheco is really taking over that backfield. McKinnon's oh, in on passing downs. 
Uh, but I definitely like Pacheco to score one on the ground. He is their early down back right now. The Chargers give it up on the ground. Uh, should be golden there. There you go. So do you would you have a bonus bet? If you could give one bet, one bet to the people out there, what would it be? I like the under on the Rams and Saints game. I, I think both defenses one. are a lot better than their offenses are. And I don't see a ton of broken plays from either of those defenses. So I think that's a game that could go well under. Feel free to shave a couple points off. I don't know what it is live right now. I, I believe the line has already moved down a bit. Yeah. But uh, feel free to take it wherever it is. I'd be comfortable taking under 40. I'm uh... So I'm going to take the over on the Lions and the Giants. And I'd even be comfortable with taking an alt over. So I believe it sits at 45 right now. I would be comfortable. I feel like it's it, it can get into the 60 range, a 33-30 kind of game. That's if you want to get crazy. Um, so I would bump it up to 50, like a 25-25, you know, that kind of range. I, w- I would do an over 50. Um, I believe that would probably put it towards the plus 200 range. Um, that, that's where I would honestly go with a, with a bonus bet for all the viewers out there. Um, but yeah, let, let me circle back. The over under for Ram Saints is actually 39. <laughs> I just said 40. That's crazy. I thought it was 43, and it's, I think it's gone down even farther. Um, so I would feel comfortable taking the under uh, for Rams versus Saints anywhere, on, even under 36. 36? Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. So, us, yeah. Give us a wrap. So, you know, as as we close here, you know, the Titans, they're, they're closing on a win here against the Packers. Anything can happen in these last five minutes, though. Um, the Titans are up by 10. They're giving the Packers the ball back. Anything can happen. I don't know what's going to happen when we close this podcast. But I will say Ryan Tannehill is 21 for 26 right now with 282 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Wow. Uh, Derrick Henry has 87 yards um, rushing, while Aaron Rodgers is 18 for 31 with 178 yards. Is this not your possibly father's Aaron Rodgers anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see if this is possibly the end of Aaron Rodgers. Burks outbreak, but it looks like it's the Robert Woods sighting in Tennessee with uh, 6 for 69. His first appearance here really... I don't see a whole lot on this stat sheet that makes me scream that uh, this Thursday night game is going to spell out a whole lot of what we're going to see for the rest of the season for either team. Uh, So not a ton to talk about from the Thursday night matchup. I'm sure it'll be a whole lot more. I mean, this is the end of the Packers if they lose, I think. I think you're right. Because if if they lose, this puts them at... This will be 4-7. A whopping, yeah, 4-7. They have no shot against the Vikings. And they would... I mean... It doesn't put them out out because, you know, they can win. It just it, it puts them in a rough spot because now they're they're waiting for the Giants and the 40. Well, yeah, that that's the thing. It's the for the whole 49ers thing. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. a tough sledding for them. They're they'd be 4 and 7 and I can see them losing to the Eagles, uh the Dolphins, yeah. the Vikings and frankly, they tend to drop additional ones that they shouldn't. So um, Aaron Rodgers needs final. more shrooms to get through this one, boys and or girls. <laughs> so that being said, um, that's another episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. 
you know, definitely like, subscribe, share. We have a lot more in store. This is going to be the first NFL episode of many. Um, country roads take me home. You know, what, what, do you got, what do you got to say to close? That I belong. <laughs> uh, so thank you for watching. If you made it this far, make sure you like, subscribe. I uh, appreciate you being here. Shout out to Belgium. Shout out to Belgium. Hell yeah, I can't forget. Let's get an, an NFL game in Belgium. Hey, why not? Why, why not? not? I'm going to have to do some research. Let's find a geographical spot and build a stadium in Belgium. If they don't have one already. Thank right? you, Belgium. Yes, have a good night, everybody.